Hi, and welcome to We Do That, Careers That Make a Difference. I am Dr. Eric Legg, Associate Professor in the School of Community Resources and Development. And in this podcast, we're going to talk to alumni, faculty, and friends of our program about what they do, their ASU experience, and how they make a difference in the world. We hope you'll enjoy hearing from our amazing alumni, and I know you'll gain some insights and hear some great advice. Today, we are joined by Elliot Anuda. Elliot is a 2021 graduate in Parks and Recreation Management. He currently works for the City of Apache Junction as an outdoor recreation and aquatics coordinator. We talk about Elliot's early gymnastics career, his not so successful venture uh, as an artist, and his path through his major and his current career. Elliot has so much wisdom to share, and I know you're going to enjoy him. So let's get started. All right, Elliot, it's so great to have you here. You were a 2021 graduate of our program. You were in my class in spring of 2020 when all that mess hit. I remember that well, unfortunately, a little too well. You were also treasurer of our Sports Parks Recreation Club, or SPARC, which I know was a lot of work. It played a big role in our conference, which I'm hoping we'll talk about. Uh, you're now the recreation coordinator for the city of Apache Junction. You did your internship in parks in Maricopa County. You're an EMT and a certified parks and recreation professional or CPRP, um, which I want to ask you about as well. So thanks for doing this with me. Let's jump into something we don't frequently talk about, but let's help people get to know you a little bit more. Um, tell us about growing up. Where did you grow up? What were you like as a kid? Well, first, thanks for having me on. Like many people in Arizona, I grew up in the Midwest. So I grew up in a town called Vernon Hills, Illinois. It's a northwest suburb of Chicago. A very, very quiet town, not too much going on, but enough where you have access to the city and access to some rural options as well. So it was, it was a good time growing up. And my early 20s is when I decided to make the move out to the great state of Arizona. So one of the reasons I like doing these is I always learn things about people. I had no idea. I knew you were out of state, but I would never discuss Illinois and Chicago. What was Elliot like as a kid? What were you into in elementary school and high school? So there was a big shift, I think, between elementary school Elliot and high school Elliot. So elementary school Elliot was a very active kid. I spent a lot of time outside. I spent a lot of time at the jungle gym. My elementary school had an after-school program. And so pretty much between first and fifth grade, I participated in the after-school program. And we did a lot of stuff on the playground. We spent a lot of times in just random fields playing. So it was a lot of outdoor activities. Not so much excited about the school part of things, but definitely excited about the outdoor parts. Yeah. And going into high school, things shifted a little bit. I did start to take academics a little more seriously. I got more involved in formal clubs in high school. So I am not good at art at all, but I joined art club and I did that for four years, and that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot of things, but never really improved as an artist. And then I was also an athlete in high school, so I was on uh, varsity gymnastics. Uh, through junior year, 
because senior year I graduated early. So I was ineligible because of my graduation status. So we may never get to the professional part of this because there's so many things I had no idea that I want to ask you about. Yeah. So you weren't good at art, but you did art club. Why? <laughs> I think a huge part of it was just the social component. I had a lot of friends who were very interested in art and also very good at art. So I kind of just followed them over to the club and really enjoyed the people, the culture, everything that really went on with it. And, and I really gave it my best shot at drawing, but nothing really came of that. Uh, so I think to tie this back to the profession, it is interesting that so much of what we do as recreation is about the social piece, not the activity. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I am also a terrible artist. So bad, I don't think even the social piece would be enough to convince me to be an art club. Gymnastics. What gymnastics events did you do? Well, I started gymnastics when I was younger, and I was on a club team out in Lake Zurich, Illinois. And then when I joined the high school team, I found that there was a lot more freedom in what you can do, what uh, events you can do. So I actually started out doing all around, which was all six events. And then closer to the end of my career in high school, I really just narrowed it down to vault and floor and high bar. I wasn't the biggest and strongest guy. So rings was never a huge component in my um, athletic career. Parallel bars, I wasn't that great at either. And as a gymnast, I did not have great balance. So pommel horse was was a challenge for me as well. Yeah. Gymnastics, not very popular in high schools. Was it popular outside Chicago? So we had a fair amount of high schools that had gymnastics teams. It wasn't the most popular. We didn't get a lot of funding like some of the other athletic programs have. But within my little world, it seemed like a lot of people did care about it and push for it. My high school, though, did not have a gymnastics area. So we actually had to go over to one of the private gyms to practice. And during our competitions, we would actually have to set up every piece of equipment in the gymnasium. And that took half our energy right there to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, and we count on an Elliott Gymnastics show at the next Spark Conference. Can, can we do a little like break in like the, the highlight entertainment? What do you think? I I want to say yes, but my body is going to say no. <laughs> yes. so, that, that, um, that, that is fair. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, maybe maybe it's a slight tumbling routine, something little... Well, I'll, I'll keep working on you. I'll keep working. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what my fitness looks like next spring. <laughs> there you go. It, it, it'll motivate you. Right. Yeah. All right. So, so let's get to ASU. So you mentioned you didn't get here until your early 20s. So tell me about the journey to Arizona and ASU. Um, yeah. What's in between there and, and what got you here? So back when I was working in Chicago as an EMT, cost of living was extremely high. EMT salary was extremely low. So those two just didn't really work together. And my mom had purchased a snowbird home here in Arizona. And one day I had the idea that it might be fun to try a new state. So I asked her if I could stay at her place while I get all of my license and certifications and everything transferred over to Arizona. She said yes. The next day I went into my work, gave my two-week notice 
when my two weeks was up, I packed everything I could into my 2002 Dodge Durango, which is not the best across the right. country at 14 miles a gallon. But I packed everything that I could in there and headed out to Arizona. Um, started working as an EMT out here. I uh, had a blast doing that. But I did know that uh, I wanted to go back to school eventually and get a longer term career going. So I started at Paradise Valley Community College. And during that time, I just did all my general studies. And I really didn't have that specific direction of where I was going to be going as far as the bachelor portion of it. I then was very close to graduation and still had no idea what I really wanted to do. And I was on a hike with my mom over at White Tank Regional Park. And when I was discussing all of the different options that I had with her, she actually asked, well, what about doing something like this? And I said, what do you mean something like this? And she said, well, something that involves hiking, something that involves the outdoors. And I told her, I said, I really don't know if anything like that exists. So I did some research and Arizona State University has a parks and recreation program. So I started looking into that. I called ASU to actually talk about the program a little bit and what some of it looks like and uh, really just started to do a deep dive. Once I felt comfortable with uh, choosing that as a bachelor major, I just stuck with it and kept going. And it was the best decision I could have made in my academic career. Or we are super happy you went on that hike um, and, yes. and found us. I want to back up just a little bit and talk about the EMT. So did you get your EMT certification straight out of high school? I did not. So I got my EMT certification when I was 22, 21 or 22 at Wilbur Wright um, Community College in Chicago and started working at a company in the south side of Chicago for a while before I made the trip out here. And I was very lucky that Arizona has reciprocity. So I didn't have to do any additional training. I didn't have to retake any of the exams because those were always a monster mm-hmm. to be able to get my EMT out here. So then from there, I worked as an EMT for a couple years for a private service here in the Valley doing hospital to hospital transfer and 911 operations. Yeah. So graduated from high school a year early, EMT at 21. There's a, there's a gap there. What's going on there? So during that time between high school and EMT, I did try the whole college thing and I wasn't ready for it at that time. So I actually started my academic journey at Northern Michigan University and it was very cold, very different. It's, you know, the tip of the upper peninsula of Michigan. So whole different world. The outdoor aspect of it was amazing but it wasn't right for me. Uh, It wasn't the right time in my life. So I actually withdrew from the university, came back down and worked a couple miscellaneous jobs in retail and hospitality before deciding to go and get my EMT certification. Ellie, thanks for sharing that. I think when folks see you and see this good student, two years into his rec career, thriving, you're getting your master's degree and you like just seem like you have it all together. So I, I think it's important to 
to share that like, no, didn't always have it all together, was trying to figure it out, bouncing around. And that's okay. You can still be successful in life. And I think you're a great example for other folks who may feel like they're struggling or they're too late or whatever. So I appreciate you sharing that. So you, like many of our majors, stumbled upon I was trying to think of a bad pun for the hike and a stumble, but it's not coming to me. Uh, <laughs> so so we'll, we'll let that be, but it's a discovery major. So uh, let me ask you this. What advice do you have for us? How do we let people know about this great major earlier? Oh, I think that is a great question. I also think that's a very difficult question to answer. I think it really is about highlighting the opportunities that, parks, recreation, sports management really has, because I think that a lot of people have a preconceived idea of what parks and rec really is, and they don't fully know the opportunities that are available in our industry. Most people do think that it is like living in Pawnee, Indiana, (laughs) and you're just, you know, in an office with an optimistic attitude, trying to make parks the best thing in the world. And Yes, that's part of it. But another part is the fact that we handle the largest special events in most cities. We do a lot of outdoor things. We run city aquatic centers. There's so many different avenues to take with parks and recreation. And I think it is connecting some of those avenues with some of the passions that our youth have and getting out into the high schools and talking to them about that, getting out into the community colleges when the younger students are talking about their, you know, their paths and they're still in their gen ed classes. It really is exposing them to a lot of the different avenues to get them excited and to really show them that this is a, a very useful degree to have in a lot of different areas. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Parks and Rec, the show. It's interesting when that came out, the National Recreation and Park Association in RPA was up in arms, issuing press releases. This is not what our field is like. This is terrible. I actually think uh, that show is good for our field. It's, it's people who care about their community um, and are trying to make their communities better. And yes, it's it's silly and also sweet and wonderful. So I think we overreacted a bit there. I think it was good publicity, but. Who knows? You're right. I think people may still see us as a funny career. I well, definitely. Yeah. Did you like the show? You watched it all? Oh, I love the show. I've watched it multiple times over and over and over again. Yeah. I hope one day to be as passionate still as Leslie Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and just keep enjoying things until I retire. There you go. So let's talk about your time at ASU. Any pivotal moments you remember? Those can be serious or fun. There, So my time at ASU um, was shorter than I would have liked. Since I finished my associate's degree already, I only had two years of time at ASU. But during that, each semester was, was very well packed with a lot of great education, a lot of great networking. One big moment that I actually remember for ASU was my first semester we had to take a overall community resource and development class. I think it's 210. It is 210, yes. And that was with Manny Padilla. And I was sitting in that class and there were so many tourism students. There were so many 
nonprofit management students. There were not a lot of parks and rec students, and there were not a lot of community sports management students. And he spoke so passionately about parks and rec. And it really, what I had already thought about the program and just solidified it about the passion behind the work and the impact that you can have. And that class was three days a week. It was very short because it was only 50 or 55 right. minutes. But every single class I loved of his, I enjoyed listening to him speak. The passion was there. Everything was there. And it really got me excited for what the next year and a half of ASU was going to look like. I was then introduced in that class to you as the, at that time, it was the Parks and Rec Student Association. And I remember learning about that and getting excited to go to one of the first meetings uh, for that organization and being able to join that and so quickly being put into roles that actually have an impact in the organization and the club itself was definitely a meaningful experience of one that I took with me for the next year and a half of being with um, PRSA or Spark as it's now called. Great. I had a brief pause there when I asked you about moments. So I was like, please don't say when the world shut down and we were <laughs> in class. <laughs> you know what? Those moments definitely did change a lot of my academic settings and goals and all of that stuff. But at the same time, those are not the moments that I remember at ASU. Yeah. It is still the physical moments of being in class, meeting new people, meeting uh, impactful people like you there. Yeah, that, that that's great to hear. And I hope that's true for all of us, that the, the difficult parts of that will fade away and yeah. the better parts. Uh, so, so Elliot, I, I think a lot of people listening to this are going to be current students. And of course, they all want to know about the internship. Um, so, so tell us about your internship. What did you do? What was it like? How did you get it? Just give us the story. So like you said it at the beginning, I interned with Maricopa County Parks and Recreation Department. And that experience to me was one of the most important parts of the degree program itself, because that's really where we get to take everything that we've learned, whether it was for the past two, three, or four years that we were at ASU and put it into practice. And so when I was first looking for an internship, I knew I wanted to do something outside. I knew I wanted to try to get into a park system itself, but I didn't know specifically what area of the park system I would find the most passion in. So when Maricopa County Parks and Rec came to talk to ASU about internship opportunities and the fact that they're very flexible in making a program that fits the students' needs, I applied with them immediately, knowing that that was probably going to be where I wanted to end up. Then when I started talking with the internship coordinator, Willie, over there, we had discussed areas of park operations and natural resource management. So I was lucky enough to do Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in natural resource management, where I studied invasive plants, did a lot of animal cam tracking to look at trends in wildlife, and then on Thursdays and Fridays, I would go over to White Tank Regional Park, where I would work on park operations and interpretive programming. So my internship altogether was a very well-rounded opportunity to learn all areas of park operations and natural resource management. So 
I appreciate all of that. I believe we had to do 520 or so, whatever amount of hours it was, I remember doing about a hundred more hours or something oh, like wow. that just because I started early and I went all the way through and it was, it was so much fun. I did not see it as something that I had to wake up and go to like a regular nine to five job that I had been so used to previously, but no, it was, it was amazing. And on top of that, I applied for a work study grant so that I would be able to be paid for the time that I spent in the internship because some of the internships that are out there, you are going to get a phenomenal experience and education out of it, but the monetary part is also important. And so being able to apply and be approved for those types of work study grants were extremely helpful as well for me. Yeah, I, I think your experience is similar to a lot of people. The internship can be intimidating, but then it becomes incredibly rewarding. Yes. Uh, and, and also the financial piece is reality and it's a tough balancing act. So thanks for reminding folks that uh, there are alternative ways uh, to make that work. We are pushing parks and rec agencies to try to pay more, but sometimes it's just not in their budget. Yep. So I, I have one more question about your internship, and this was submitted by a student. Uh, and I love this question. So I'm just going to read it as they wrote it. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about your mindset when you graduated. Was there any fear, imposter syndrome, or anxiety as you entered the field? And how did you deal with that? So I can tell you that there is. You're going to go into things with just academic uh, information and that little piece that you had from that one semester of working in the industry if you haven't had any experience before. And so my first job uh, after graduation was with the city of Apache Junction, and my primary responsibility was in aquatics. I had no experience in aquatics. And so there is a, sh a sharp learning curve once you get yeah. with the department that you work for. And that's going to be with any industry that you do. You can have the education, but everyone works a little bit different and you do have to get used to that. As far as some of the like parts of the job responsibility that I had, I did feel prepared in those areas. I knew how to put a program proposal together. I know how to do programming operations because we work really well at ASU to make sure that we understand what programming looks like. And not only that, but how to evaluate it appropriately to make sure it's fitting your community needs. So those areas, I definitely felt well prepared for. It was the specifics of the community of Apache Junction and some of those unique areas like aquatics that I did have to pretend a lot that, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then you go to your office and you Google it. Right. Because you, you know, it's okay to ask questions. You're new, you're learning, but at the same time, you also want to put your best foot forward. So it's okay for those small things to go ahead and just go back to your office and Google it yeah, and yeah. learn what it is. One of the things I hope college does, at least it should do, is it teaches you how to learn. Yes. Okay, so, so yes, there's some skills that you're going to come out with, but also there's lots of things you're going to have to learn. Um, and hopefully you've developed that ability to continue to learn. Definitely. And so it sounds like that's the case for you. I'm just curious, we're going to talk about your CPRP in a minute. Did you get any of the aquatics? What is it? The CF? It's not CFO. There are two aquatic certifications. Yes. So one of them is a CPO, CPO. 
and the other one is an AFO. So okay. you did a nice job of combining them. <laughs> combining them. There we go. Yeah. I am sitting for my AFO next month. So I received my study material for that. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Two days ago, it is a much bigger study manual than the CPRP. Yeah. But professional certifications are extremely important and valuable. And I am excited to sit for the AFO in the next month and um, be able to add that to my professional credentials that I have. That, that's a great one to have. And you and I talked before we started recording about the lifeguard shortage and aquatics. And there's so many opportunities in aquatics. And I'll be honest, you are not going to get that experience in your degree program. Um, so that's another one of those cases where you learn to learn and you get in the field and hopefully that all helps you. So good luck with that exam. Yes. You'll do well. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your, your current job. So we are calling this podcast, We Do That, Careers That Make a Difference. So how does your job make a difference? So I currently work in aquatic programming and outdoor recreation. And both of those areas are very valuable um, to most communities. And the city of Apache Junction, our demographic is a little bit unique to the communities around us. We have a lower median income for families. We are designated as a rural community because we sit in Pinal County, even though we're right on the edge of Maricopa County. So there's a lot of different unique opportunities that are extremely valuable to the community. So I'll start to talk about the aquatic side of things, which here in Arizona, it gets very, very hot. And a lot of our youth need a place to cool off, a place to hang out, and a place to feel safe. Our aquatic center does all three of them over the summer, and we do it at a at a price that we think the community can afford. It's $2 for a kid to spend the entire day at the pool. Oh, wow. And this year we pushed for even more access for our community. So every Wednesday, our aquatic center was free for all youth, regardless if they lived in Apache Junction, Mesa or Queen Creek or unincorporated AJ, they got in for free. Um, and it's the little things that we do like that, that give the community a resource to different things that I think really make an impact. We also offer swim lessons for free to those who have financial needs so that they have the opportunity to learn how to be safe around water. Those are huge things that make an impact, especially in a state like Arizona, which is full of community pools, private pools, water access like Canyon Lake and Lake Pleasant. Um, but not everyone gets the opportunity to take advantage of swim lessons. So creating programs and opportunities like that through partnerships. So our partnership is through Salt River Project for free swim lessons. It does make a huge impact on our community. And every single day when we're teaching kids, you can see it on their face. They're, they're enjoying what they're learning and they're learning a valuable life-saving skill. That's fantastic, Elliot. And aquatics programs were really hit hard in the 2008 recession. So it's yes. good to hear those are they're coming back. Um, and you hit on it just how empowering learning to swim can be. And also there's a practical component. Arizona has one of the highest drowning rates in the country. Uh, we do. Frightening. Uh, so those swim lessons are, are super important. Uh, so how did you get the job? What skills do you need for someone else wants your job? After you, <laughs> after you get promoted, we're not trying to get you kicked out. After you get promoted. <laughs> So I started the city as a recreation assistant. 
And the job requirements um, when I applied for that was actually an associate's degree in parks and recreation or two years of experience in parks and recreation. Then when I got to the coordinator position, those requirements were a bachelor's degree in parks and recreation and three years of experience at that point within parks and recreation or a related field. The other requirement that we had to have was our CPRP within the first three months of holding that position as a coordinator. So it was extremely beneficial that when I was being promoted to a coordinator that I already had my CPRP because it wasn't going to be a gamble whether or not I'd be able to obtain that within the first three months. Uh, so, so what advice would you give to someone who's interested in a similar job? Uh, go for it. I mean, don't look specifically at what the requirements are because there are so many different ways that your previous experience, whether it's in parks and recreation or something else, might be counted as that related field. And if it's in the area that you are interested, whether it's youth sports, adult sports, outdoor recreation, go for it because the only bad thing that's going to happen is they say, no, you're not qualified. And then you're going to apply a couple of years later. And then they're going to be like, oh, you were the one who applied a couple of years ago. You must really want this. And it just looks better for you. So there really is no downside to putting that application in for any job that you find that you would be interested in. Yeah, that, that, um, that's, a, that's a great point. And, re, and rejection sucks. No one likes getting rejected. But you're right, it's, it's a learning experience and it, it advances you farther. You learn how to fill the application. You may have gotten an interview, you learn that. So there is very little downside to putting in the things. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Let's talk, since you mentioned it, let's talk about the CPRP. So first, for folks who don't know, tell us what it is. You've already mentioned why you got it. And, and so what is it? And tell us about the process. How did you prepare? Yeah. So the National Parks and Recreation Association offers a couple different professional certifications that really show the commitment you have towards the industry and also show that you meet a standard that they have set to what a recreation professional should look like, the education they should have, and the impact that they can make in the community. So the CPRP is one of those professional certifications, and it stands for the Certified Professional CP, Certified Professional Recreation I'll help you Perfect. out. Certified Parks and Recreation. And recreation, thank you. you. You helped me out with the CPO, CFO, so I'll help uh, you with this one. <laughs> I promise you I know what it is. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, yes. And so that exam itself, I was eligible to take my second semester of senior year because I was about to graduate from an accredited Parks and Recreation program. So that exam is set in a whole bunch of different categories. So there's areas of programming, areas of uh, human resources, areas of budgeting. There's a whole bunch of different areas. And while you take this exam, it shows competency in all different areas. So it is a computer-based test now. So it'll ask you, mm, I want to say it was like 130-ish questions of those 130 questions, 20-something of them are test questions. So they actually don't count towards the final score. But as long as you answer a certain amount right in each category, you will be a certified parks and recreation professional. 
So the process itself was pretty easy. You do go on to NRPA's website and you fill out the application with a lot of your different credentials and what makes you eligible to sit for it. Because if you do not graduate from an accredited program, I believe you have to have like three or so years before yeah, you can sit for difference. it. That's a big difference, yes. Yeah. So you put in your credentials and then you pay what the fee is and then you sit for the exam. The other nice thing is, and you know, for millennials like me and maybe some of the Gen Zs, it's instant gratification. You find out that day if you pass or right. not. So um, it's it, it was a good experience. It has definitely made me a more competitive applicant for jobs. And I just suggest that everyone, if you are eligible to sit for it, that you get that certification, especially during your time at ASU, because that exam is heavily based on a lot of the academics that you learn at ASU. Yeah. I should mention there's only about 70 accredited programs nationwide. So that is a real perk of being at ASU. What classes most helped you prepare for that exam? So my senior year, we took a class that was on data evaluation. I don't remember the exact title of it, but you taught it. Yes. It, 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 like many ASU things, it has a convoluted name. So it is Assessment and Evaluation of Community Services. There we go. And so a lot of the questions actually have to do with areas that were taught in that class. So it really does go into the whole programming side of things and is that program right for your community? Is it benefiting? What is What can you do to improve it? There's a whole bunch of different areas of that exam. And a lot of it from the study guide would kind of go over your head if you didn't have that fundamental knowledge from your class. So there is a huge component of that. And then I would also say advanced programming. I believe that's a newer class that ASU is, offers. Yes. That also is a huge benefit to the CPRP exam because that really goes over the actual operational side of community programs. I confess, I knew your answer to that question. So I was fishing a bit because <laughs> <laughs> we, we've talked about it before. Yeah, it's, it was a great class all in all, even if, you know, I didn't take CPRP, it was, it was very beneficial to what I do now, because I, I can tell you the commission, the council, whoever is your governing board, they're going to want you to show that what you're doing is what the community wants. Yeah. I, I joke with that class. I don't know if I did this when you took it or not, but now I do all the time that I need to record the number of alumni who come back to me and say that class was really valuable. Sometimes it's, I didn't really like it at the time, but it was really valuable. I'm like, I told you so. So now at least I have this one on recording. Yeah. Yeah. So, so last thing, Elliot, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Let's talk about the spark conference. Uh, Tell us what it is and what you learned from doing that. Yeah. So Spark Conference happens in the springtime, and it's an opportunity for the Parks and Rec students to uh, put on their own uh, conference. And through this conference, uh, ASU students are invited, high school students are invited, and Parks and Recreation professionals are invited. And this is a really great networking opportunity for all three of those levels to really get to know each other and to learn what's going on in the industry. And the biggest thing that happens at this conference is in the afternoon, you're given a 
a problem in parks and recreation. Uh, it might be like a, a case study or something else going on in parks and recreation, and you're put into a group. And in that group, you try to figure out how to solve that issue. And this is a great opportunity for college students and high school students to see what parks and rec professionals do to be able to solve that issue. But it's also a great opportunity for that professional to see how the youth are thinking about things. Because, you know, a director of a parks and rec program may have done it for 20 years, but it might not be the same thought pattern that um, someone that's 22 now is thinking about. And so it gives a fresh opportunity for those parks and rec professionals to also see what problem solving looks like in other generations. So all in all, it's a really great opportunity to learn, but it's even more impactful for the networking that students get to it, especially the years that they've been able to do a mentor program where each student is put with a high school student and a parks professional so that you can develop those networking opportunities and get those contacts to be able to ask questions in the future too. Yeah, it, it's great experience. And I, it looks like we're going to bring it back after a, a COVID few years off. So thank you for plugging that. Uh, and thank you for your time. You were always so willing to give back to our alums um, and our current students. Uh, just so folks know, Elliot was recently uh, uh, did a APRA session with us about his internship experience. His picture hangs on our wall here in the office as one of our outstanding alums. And, and you're coming back tomorrow, in fact, to speak to our student club. So you may be sick of us by the end of the week. Impossible. Uh, but really appreciate you, Elliot, and, uh, you know, excited. And, and you make us proud to see how well you're doing. So, so thank you. Yeah. I'm always happy to talk to ASU or to highlight anything that's happening in the world of parks and recreation. Great. Well, thank you. Wow, there was just so much Elliot had to share. I feel like we could take an entire episode just unpacking uh, everything. Uh, obviously, we enjoyed learning about his time in gymnastics and as a not-so-budding artist. Uh, but, but more than that, I loved Elliot's willingness to share how he started college, uh, and it wasn't quite right for him at the time. But when he came back, he was ready, he was motivated, he found his path and his passion. Elliot, like so many of our alums, literally stumbled upon our degree while hiking. Yes, you can major in parks and recreation management. Yes, people do have those jobs. And yes, you can make a living. And yes, those jobs make huge impact on the community. Uh, we are so proud of Elliot here. And I hope you enjoyed him and learned so much from him. Uh, I know I enjoyed talking to him and can't wait to bring him back again. And if you are interested in learning more about one of our degrees and how you can make your mark on the world, you can find out more at scrd.asu.edu. SCRD is the abbreviation for our school. Again, that's scrd.asu.edu or email me at eric.leg at asu.edu. That's E-R-I-C dot L-E-G-G at asu.edu. I promise I'll answer every email and I hope you enjoy our guest.